Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Here we go, What about blocking for Joey B? We, we said we think, think we remember the film, and as we recall, we think they almost killed Joey. And we <laughs> said, well, here's three guys to block for him. And welcome Yay. back to Fuck, Fuck you. you. We like the Bengals. I'm your host, Alex Schubert. Sitting across from me, as always, is... Blake Hammond. Oh, really? Cy Edmondson? Which one am I again? Chad Daniels? Yep, that guy. Yeah, there it. you are. That's the one. Chad, what's up, buddy? Cookies and cream tits. Got it. <laughs> no. Uh, Lloyd Johnson. Lloyd Johnson. Uh, there's a reason, um, and I feel weird leading off with this, but there's a reason <laughs> we uh, let off with breakfast at Tiffany's. I got a little uh, shout. I thought it was funny. It was It was funny. I had like three people text me about it. I got a shout out on the uh, Middle of Somewhere podcast with... Um, very, very good friends of the pod and wonderful comedians and wonderful people, Cy Amundsen and Chad Daniels. Two of the funniest dudes you'll ever Two of, of the absolute funniest. Chad is, I have always said, my third favorite comic. Natal number one, Geraldo number two, Chad number three. Yeah, he's right up there. He's yeah. he's fucking a monster. And them two together is like, they they like like to fuck with each other too, but their dynamic is so good. They're, they're also like two of the funniest people. Like Cy has been doing um, this thing called The Unathletic. Yeah. Do you know about that at all? I haven't I haven't heard much about it, but it is uh it's like the onion sports. And um they just post like really funny headlines just about like football and just sports in general. It's kinda like the onion sport. Let me uh pull up a couple uh unathletic headlines here for you. Um <laughs> this one was posted today. After excessive showboating, Bad Boy of Archery forced to rebrand as Nine-Fingered Boy of Archery. <laughs> uh, let's see what else they have. Um, Adam Schefter's <coughs> career dies after years of struggling to catch on with empathy. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find the football ones. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, this is a really good one. Breaking Deshaun Watson chooses city with no happy endings. <laughs> That's good. That's a really good That's one. That's a good one. So check out the Unathletic on Instagram. But no, they uh, check out the Middle of Somewhere podcast, especially in the one where they posted. Uh, it was an episode about Cy Amundsen's uh, toe. Yep. He uh, had a real bad toe injury, and they talked about me for a little bit, where they uh, talked about how I'm like unintentionally funny sometimes. Yeah, and how like, he's in a green room and he picks up an orange and it looks like a cutie in his giant hands. <laughs> they did bring up my giant hands at multiple points. <laughs> they, uh, Cy told a story about how he had a toe injury and he showed it. And I said, 
that's not even the worst thing I've seen this week. And I told a story and uh, skip about it two minutes if you're squeamish. But I saw a uh, story, or I, I was hanging out with a couple of uh, friends of mine. They're both nurses, and they showed me a picture yeah, of a. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They were Christ. Yeah, they are. Uh, they told me a story of how they had to handle a um, a guy with an ice skating injury where he mutilated his penis. All right. Well, I I need to know more. Okay, so I think he it, the what I know is he injured at ice skating. And I asked my friend Hannah, I was like, I told her about the podcast, and, she, and I said, I need the rest of that story because I'm still not sure how he mutilated his dick. My quote, and then, he, and then she said, and skip over this if you're squeamish because this is a lot. He said, uh, he had a fall ice skating, yes, but then the wound got infected and he developed Fournier's gangrene. Go ahead oh, and give God. that a Google. That's uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I already know what that is, because, but yeah, that's not good. That do, Google that if you are not squeamish, because good God. It's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so that is the resolution to that story. <laughs> and she told me, go ahead and give that a Google. And I was like, I, I don't think I want to. And, and I right below, I just... I said, I just did, and wow, that's something else. And she said, yeah, it's unfortunate. I've taken care of a few people with it. Ugh. And I also said, I also Google image searched it, and I think my day is now ruined. <laughs> yeah. It's the grossest thing I've ever seen. It's, it's, uh, that's, a, that's a rough one. That's, yes. uh, so he fell down and ruptured his dick. Yes. And, and then got gangrene. Yes, it's the grossest thing I've ever seen. <sighs> Don't Google it. But... No, Google it. Go ahead. Please Google. It. I mean, is this the bastard sermon? And then the just, bastard and then, sermon followers will for sure Google it. No, we would have Googled it on the show. <laughs> we would have. I think you would have gained viewers for the bastard sermon. Which, if you guys want to check out an episode, check out the most recent one with Blake Hammond. It Blake's the fucking, fucking. Blake's the best. It was so good. It was so much fun. Okay, here's uh, we've talked about Blake at nauseum on this podcast. I had Easter dinner with my parents today, or like Easter lunch, and. Uh, my cousin Brock was talking about how he went to a Trump rally. I know. But so I'm just like, how do I make myself feel less awkward in this situation? So I went ahead and said my uh, I said Blake's um, Trump motorcade bit. I just told him the story. About, bit. It's so good. And I just told that story as best as I could. And it still got a laugh. So I'm like, that's my friend Blake's bit. And he's the fucking best. How are yeah. you? Um, so all that aside, Lloyd. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, same same shit, different day. Yeah, and then uh, just working, working, recording a lot of podcasts. You, you do the yeah, you do the bastard sermon. Uh, do the LLC, which is where we, where we watch a movie and then talk about it afterwards. You did say that. So we've been doing that uh, on Fridays. We've been going to see Luke at open mic on Thursdays. How's he been doing? Pretty good, man. Nice. Has he been doing the hob ever? No, not yet. I think he's uh. I think he's still adjusting to like how to how to work the schedule for everything. With like just doing like different mics and shit. Yeah, and having to go to work the next morning and this. Oh and that, yeah. Like, just you know getting off later in the day and then having to go back. Well, because like his first sets were just like, man, this is a really really big deal to me because like the point I'm at, I don't mean to sound arrogant and shit, but like the point I'm at is like I can do an open, I can do like three open mics and it's no big deal. Yeah. Like Luke does, like the point he's at, like he just does one, and it's like the the event of his week. Yeah, like me, I'm just I just do like five for practice. 
Yeah, he's uh he's I mean he's done like five ever now. So yeah, but he's uh he's doing good. He's he's you can even tell he's picking up things from being at open mics of noticing like all right we'll try this slightly different with this and like yeah. hearing other comics do it I think helps a lot. That's perfect. That's so, what you got to do. He's man. doing great, man. That's good to hear. He's uh, a funny fucking kid. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Dude, I like the kid. He's very, um, he, I feel like Luke also knows how to handle himself in a lot of the situations yeah yeah he's i mean he's natural at like his stage presence is very natural is very uh yeah yeah he's a good guy and he's really funny and uh i think i got to see his first two sets ever where he did uh, a live a set of chameleon for the 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 uh the volcano festival yeah the quaint volcano quaint volcano yeah and then he did the live fuck you recording yeah that's my guy um speaking of the bangles I just had a big thing happen this week. What's that? I got some season tickies. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. got to do your tour? Yeah, I got to do a... So it was wild how it came about. So this went... It was like Tuesday or Wednesday. I got an email from a sales guy at the Bengals. It was very vague. He said, like, I'd love to hear about your past experiences with Bengals games and stuff like that. So I'm like, man, is it like a Houdé Nation related? Is it me shitting on Thaddeus Moss related? Is it me being on the news related? I'm like, I'm cool. And it was just, he was trying to sell me season tickets. <laughs> yeah. Which honestly, I'd like honestly considered. Yeah. I'd on like prior to that, like I was like, I was thinking about getting season tickets and then he called me and said that we can set up an appointment. It's like, it was like Wednesday. Or th it was Thursday, at like three 30. We set it up. And I get there, and right as I walk <coughs> in, the one of the first things I see was the AFC Championship trophy. That's dope. It was super dope. And a, and a football that I assume was the one that Connor McLagger kicked into the uprights. And I got a picture of it. I'll post all these. And I already posted a, a few yeah. of them. But then I walked in. I just did like a tour of the office where they – it was like – the office is like right next to the stadium. Yeah. Not shockingly. And they, there was like the room where like all the players signed contracts. I got to sit down in the seat. I'm assuming the one I sat in the one where Joey B sat in. I don't know. That's awesome. But it's just like a giant office room. It has like quotes from Paul Brown in it, and just like old jerseys. It was it was it was the shit. So then we just toured the office a little bit. Then did you we get us in the big chair. I did get. To, uh, yeah, dude. So that big chair. So the rule of the jungle chair was not. Um, it, where it usually is. It wasn't like on that, that stage. It was just laying in a concourse. That's nice. It was just like sitting there. I'm just like, and the guy, Sonny, shout out, Sonny Chowder. He was the guy that toured me. So gave me the tour. So shout out to him. He fucking hey, rolls. You, you got to go on the field. Yeah. I'll get, I'll step by okay. step. It was, it was fantastic. So I found the, uh, the chair, the rule of the jungle chair. And I looked at him and was like, I, I gotta. So I got a couple pictures of there. Got a couple pictures up there. Um, then we went up or went around a little bit, and then I got to go in the field, and it literally had the whole stadium to myself with me and the tour guide. That's awesome. But I just like went on the fifty yard line, did like a three sixty pan, got like a quick ten second video. Just like I was like, holy fucking shit! The amount of people that have been here, yeah, on this field, 
Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen pretty soon, Brady, Breeze. Just the fucking legends that have been here. Yeah. Just exactly where I'm standing. And just, I was like, holy shit. And it was windy too. So I had a very windy video. And then, so the guys give me uh, the tour. We go up to the second deck. And then he says, here, it's like section 303 or something like that. He's like, sit in this seat right here. He's like, this is the closest to the 50-yard line I can get. $585. And I'm like, I want to be where the action is. I want to be where the fun people are. So I, I just like, I want to see what lower deck seats you have available. So we go back to the main office. I'm like, because I was on board. Yeah. And we go back to the office. And he goes into a room where... <clears throat> Where he talks over with a lady or something like that, and he has, he comes out with a post-it note with four seats on them, four seats. He only tells me about three because I told him like the section I wanted was like one fifty, one fifty six, one fifty eight. I want those sections because that's where that's where the crazies are. Right. And so he comes out. He he tells me about three seats. They are more expensive. And the fourth one that he didn't tell me about was in 156. It was the 11th row, $900. Bargain. Yeah. Absolute bargain. And like he told me, it's like, all right, those are, those are your options. And I was like, what's that last one right there? And he's like, section 156, row 11, C12. And I'm like, I am sold. Nice. And it was like, it was 900 bucks, right, just right in the thick of the action, south side end zone. Got the ticket and just took some pics from the seat and got a picture of me at the seat. My eyes are closed, but I'm not oh, complaining. Yeah. And then we made the purchase, and I'm like, I'm fucking on cloud nine right there. That's dope. And it, it was unbelievable. So, <clears throat> and then it's like a seven month. So, what the bank was and I were able to do is just like the bank was like, what the hell am I saying? So, I'm on like a seven month payment. <clears throat> so, it's like 120 bucks a month or so. Yeah. Just easy just pay it off and i can pay whenever i want that's awesome i mean as long as i pay like monthly yeah, yeah, and shit i gotcha but i'm very excited come see me in section 156 throw a beer on me punch me in the face i don't give a shit <laughs> so i posted that in the group yeah and multiple people messaged me saying you reported me because i said i wanted to punch you in the face i'm like no i didn't yeah <laughs> I had people mad at me i was like no i didn't i didn't do shit <sighs> Fans are the worst. The what? Said some of these fans are the worst. Uh, it happens, but they could. They could. That was my experience of that, and I'm very excited to be uh, in the jungle the whole season. A season ticket holder. I'm a season ticket holder, motherfucker. I sounded. Say it. No. Nope. What? No. Please. No. Nope. Why? It was so white. So it makes me so happy. <laughs> but you know what else is super, super white, but also good for you? Greens. <laughs> <laughs> but not just greens. What kind of greens, Lloyd? Athletic greens. Athletic. <laughs> I'm so white. Athletic greens. Athletic greens. Tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that's top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole foods sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Lloyd. Adaptogens, bro. Adaptogens. Adaptogens. Adaptogens to help start your day right. Lloyd, adaptogens. Adaptogens. You cannot complain about adaptogens. I mean, not for that, not for not for what they're charging. No, not even a little bit. I'll tell you what they charge. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar. Lloyd, is that a lot? That's a little bit. Very little. Tiny bit. Tiny bit. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't even matter. No GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Is there any artificial anything? Not one. Not one. Not one artificial anything. Plus, Lloyd, you know how much it costs? It's got to be like, what, $25 a day? (sighs) You would think that. You would think $50 a day. For adaptogens, yeah. Yeah, for adapt. I would pay $100 a day for adaptogens. Lloyd, adaptogens. Adaptogens. But you know how much it is? How much? $3 a day. $3 a day? You'd be crazy not to do it. Yes, it costs less than $3 a day. It is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So... We uh we talk a lot about here on sport. Uh, we talk a lot about sports on here. Yeah, it is a sports podcast. It is a sports. Po- it's a sports and comedy podcast. Yeah. We, we fuck with each other. We talk about sports. Would you ever want to stream? Sure, sure. And is there like a streaming platform? Uh, how about um, Solarsast? It's close. That sounds that sounds almost right. It sounds almost right. What Collar? would you? Color, color, cast, color, cast, dude. You know what? I'm just going to wing an ad read for this product we haven't even come up with called ColorCast right now. Do it. Let's do it. I guess ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. Lloyd, this is the top of my head we're doing this from. And you're doing great. Thank you. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in. Lloyd, riff with me. Real time. The realest time. It is perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. And you can even share your own experiences on the app. What? Yeah. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free. Hi, Lloyd. Hi. In the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the sports drink group. Follow us at F-U-W-L-T Bengals to be notified when the room goes live. We'll be going live on ColorCast at some time and some place. Come through with, with your, your spiciest, spiciest takes. takes. Spicy. That was that was a great riff. That was so much fun. Dude, you should you should do that for a living. Yeah, or you know what? We should do it over and over and over <coughs> again. Yeah, let's just do it every 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 episode, dude. Until it becomes reality. We did, um, we did have a lot to talk about with sports and stuff like that because, like we said, I got my season tickies. I do like so. I mean, I I feel weird talking about Houdini Nation on the podcast, but like I've had like a lot of posts do very well in there. Yeah. Like I had a, I had a joke about Mitch Trubisky get over a thousand, almost a thousand likes. It was where I know it's, I know it's ball with the, ball with the stick, but it's the Pirates were doing like some opening day thing for the first pitch where Mitch Trubisky would throw it and a Bengals DB would catch it. 
blew up on Facebook. Did well. (laughs) The one that really made me laugh was some dude. So people asked about how um, there was one guy that posted like a woman in like tiger stripes. Yeah. And she was like licking milk. Yeah. Licking milk out of. Did you see the thing? Yeah. So (laughs) some guy posted that and like three people reported it in like five minutes. Yeah. Like, all right, well, let's just boot them. Yeah. So I, I did make that uh that joke where I said after talking with the admins, we have decided to remove those three people from the group. I don't know how it got as many likes as it did. Because I think there's a lot of people in there that are real tired of like the that kind of stuff, like the whiny. Yeah. Why is this a kind of post? Just scroll past it. It's fine. Yeah. I'm being I'm being censored. Oh, shut up. No, you're just bad. <laughs> you're just not funny. It happens. But, yeah. I do great. Yeah, you do fine. Yeah, it's fun. I rarely post anything, but the things I've posted usually are, like, middle-of-the-road-ish. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy watching, like, where, you like, it just fills that little, like, your your niche very well. Yeah. Um, but, you, no, you were talking about mock drafts before this. Yeah. Go off. They're fucking stupid. I don't get, I don't, I don't. Oh, what's going to happen between now and fucking whenever? I don't know. Well, here's me. Here's my guess at what they're going to do. I don't care. Okay, I think here's where I stand on that. Because I enjoy doing mock drafts. I think one is fine. 14 is not. Yeah. I, I, it's every week. There's the same people post like, here's another mock draft that I came up with. And it's just. There's gonna be seven trades to start with. Like, stop it! What you come on? That's it, not happening. And it's like they come up with, and they did this with Burrow too. Yeah, when they just came up with the most outrageous scenarios because they were bored <clears throat> and they wanted clicks. Like there was a guy like two years ago who like guaranteed that the the Dolphins would trade up and get Burrow, and it was just he was just looking for clicks. He was just looking for attention. <clears throat> and well, I saw like multiple ones where it's like, all right, so here's what's gonna happen. They're going to trade this to this and this to this, and then they're going to get Sauce Garden. I'm like, no, that's not real. Bengals that's aren't not, getting Sauce Garden. Get that out of your head. Yeah, I don't I, – I get, like, sports writers doing it because, like, they have to have content yeah. in an area where, like, you know, in between free agency and the draft, it's a little slim pickings at times. Well, the only thing they have to talk about is the draft. Like, free agency, for the most part, is over. Like, all the big guns are signed. The Bengals have made the majority of their moves. Yeah. So the only thing they have to talk about between now and April 20-whatever is the draft. Yeah. And I get they have to do all the mock drafts, but, like... I don't need 47 of them every day from different people in Facebook groups. Like, I did this mock draft on an app, and it's... It's never realistic. No. It's like it's like somebody just creating this fantasy world where things are going to happen in a certain way. It's like yeah. So the Saints are going to trade with the Cardinals. Cardinals going to trade with the, the and then the Bengals are going to trade with the Jaguars, and then they're going to take Sauce Gardner second overall. It's like what? It's that, that's not re, that's not even remotely realistic, man. You think there's going to be a seven way trade to get the Bengals <laughs> up high enough to get? <clears throat> that's your mock draft. It's I just like I've had to teach myself to like tune that stuff out. Yeah, I I know I'm just doing the same thing where I was like, oh, it's just whatever, just keep scrolling. But it's 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 the fact that so so many of them are so like delusionally grand. Yeah, and they're, they're just like, like the Bengals need balls, and I'm like, well, they signed three <laughs> offensive linemen. They got a a tight end who might be my boy pretty soon. I hope. We got two tight ends that are. They got 
Hayden Hurst. They got Drew Sample. They have literally nobody from LSU that's good. They signed uh, what's his face from Dallas? oh uh, Eubanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they got those guys. I think they need to upgrade in the defense and <coughs> in the draft. For sure. There are four guys that I thought that I wanted to look up their scouting reports. And I did that. Um I have the red scoring here. It is eight to one. They are terrible. The first guy who I saw that TPS uh, uh YouTube channel I watch pretty frequently, they said that the Bengals could draft or they, they will draft. He is a defensive back. Put your phone back. It's making the Oh, that's my bad. Uh, they are going to draft a defensive back out of Florida named Kyer Elam. Yeah. Do you know that name at all? Yep. Okay. So I looked up his scouting report. He is six one, six one and a half, hundred ninety one pounds, wingspan of six four and a half. He's above his height. Forty yard dash is just a shade under four point four. Positives according to Bleacher Report. Good physicality when taking on blocks. Wrap uh, the tackler who gets the ball carrier to the ground. He's patient in the press, keeping leverage and cushion. He's aggressive and physical enough to bump receivers off their line. He uses hands well and fights per, for position. Uh, very good pad level and ability to sink hips. Uh, he shadows receivers in and out of breaks with a burst to play the ball in the air. And he shows the top end speed to keep up downfield. So he's he's like a do-it-all corner. He's He's... <laughs> like physical when he needs to be and fast when he needs to be. Yeah, I mean he he literally was they some of his highlight real or blocks which you don't see all the time for DBs. Yes. Uh his pro comparison uh was Antonio Cromartie which means get the child support payments ready. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget about that. Yeah. One of the um unathletic headlines I wrote that Cy considered was Antonio Cromartie accelerates 10,000 uh, child support payment. <laughs> But no, uh, he is graded 8.5, impact player, uh, position rank. He's the third best cornerback behind Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley, who I actually found out Derek Stingley, his grandfather, I believe, was a wide receiver who was famously paralyzed by Jack Tatum in a game. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that until just now. But yeah, that is uh, Kyrie Elam. Uh, A couple of... also, he has above-average ball skills and shows awareness and feel for the position. So it's just a good corner overall. Yeah. Not a lot of weaknesses, except can often be too slow to disengage in the run game. He tends to reach and press and can be too handsy downfield. And average leveraging and tackling, uh, which can lead to missed tackles. Right. But Yeah, I mean, overall, like watching film, he looks pretty solid. Solid. And that's all you can ask for because the Bengals have a decent – Pretty decent to above average secondary. I think it's the same thing with the wide receiver court last year. It was good, but there was a missing piece. Right. And last year, the Bengals got that with Jamar Chase, yeah. which I was wrong about Sewell over Chase. I'll admit that. Happily be wrong. I think we don't ever have to mention it again. We got it. Yep. <laughs> Do I think Sewell will be a fine pro? Yes. All right. So that's the first guy. The second guy uh, for um, for all intents and purposes, let's do another defensive back. Okay. Uh, the one another guy I saw was Andrew Booth Jr., six feet tall. Um, he basically didn't participate in the combine. Um, positives: He's a rangy, long-armed athlete. He uses his hands and length well in press and attacking the ball. He has loose, fluid hips allow, that allow him to open up and run. 
He has a good burst out of his breaks. His best breaks are when he has a clear view of the ball and the man. So basically just great on-field awareness. Right. He plays with good positioning, especially when running downfield. He gets his head around to play the ball. He doesn't panic when the ball's in the air, and he shows good aggression in the run game. So basically what I'm seeing with Andrew Booth is that he's a cornerback who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Um, the only thing I remember, because mm. I couldn't find, like, I went down, like, the list, like, the, I think, top 10 or whatever, uh, DBs, defensive tackles, like, a handful of things that likely that we would need. Yep. <clears throat> And Booth, the, the one of the comments they had was a lot of the receivers he played against said he was one of the toughest guys to play against. Uh-huh. So he is a wide receiver's cornerback. Yeah. Like, you know, I say, like, comedian's comedian. It's like a cornerback that wide receivers can appreciate because he's a tough motherfucker. Yeah. That's a guy you want. Yeah, for sure. Shit. Uh, negatives. Struggles with pad level at times. A uh, long strider who can take a while to get going, so his acceleration might be a little bit of an issue. Uh, change of direction is an issue, and is often out of control when tackling in the open field. So he's like a good, solid corner, very aware on the field, but he doesn't strike me as a guy that's quick. Like someone that, if you have the right receiver, he can burn you. Yeah, I think I think a lot of what they're saying there is discipline stuff. It's it's which. You mean how many DBs have we seen come out of college and then get in a professional yeah. setting and all of a sudden the, those issues fall away? Like, like you can put him on like a go route receiver, yeah, and he'll be fine. But like, if you just have to like be shifty, like say Chase, which is a guy that can change direction, he might be screwed. Uh, pro comparison, a guy I've never heard of, David Long. Sounds familiar. Ish. A uh, third guy I wanted to talk about was a defensive lineman that the Bengals actually visited with. Yep. Logan Hall out of Houston. I saw the comparison. The pro comparison is Eric Armstead. But he basically strikes me as a guy that's like a, a shifty <coughs> defensive tackle. Yeah, he seems like a, a very tough, tough dude like as well. Like They got to give him like credit for... It seems like... That's kind of what I see Aaron Donald as, but I also don't. I mean, that's not at all saying he's Aaron Donald level. Yeah, but it's like just one of the things you like about it. You those want, traits. Yeah, he's got Aaron Donald s traits. Uh, pros plays light on his feet as a pass rusher. His leg drive is impressive. Basically, just has a constant motor. Heavy hands, so he's me. <laughs> he's got a bully mentality, so he's Lily. <laughs> 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 Stronger and more violent than his opponents and make sure to let them know it. He's Lily. Yeah. It's my daughter. <laughs> We're going to draft my daughter. <laughs> uh, good anchor and ability to control blocks. Uh, can even get low at the snap and handle double teams versus the run. He has an above average sense for what kind of blocks he's facing and he knows how to adjust. Um, and he has alignment flexibility. He can play pretty much anywhere. He, like, oh, that that's a big one. He fits today's NFL. Yeah. Uh, negatives. He has moments where he leans when taking on blocks rather than keeping his weight over his feet. Uh, height can sometimes lead to natural leverage issues. It also makes him tough. To, makes it tough to bend low and work under blocks. 
and he's not a great gap shooter. Um, he's a tone setter. He packs. So overall, he his tone setter packs a ton of power <coughs> into his punch and plays with an attitude on every snap. So he's got a motor, and he he's a guy that like wants to like he's a guy that wants to prove something. Yeah. He goes on the field and he's just like he looks at the offensive line and he goes, "I'm gonna fuck you up." Yeah, and uh, like I think part of what like fitting today's NFL kind of says without saying is. He'll be great in pass rush situations. Yes. Like knowing it's a passing down, make sure he's in there. Yeah. You know, run down, maybe put Reader in there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because Reader and maybe even Tyler Shelvin, like, they're the run stuffers. Yeah. Because, like, you're not going to have a guy, like, would you rather have DJ Reader, who's a motherfucker, or a guy who's 283 pounds and that's not, that's, that's not run stuffing? Yeah, that's just a guy that you want on like the third down that can like get to the quarterback and just, just jibble jabble around. What the fuck am I saying? <laughs> just zip zap around the offensive line. That's slightly better. Zip zap, but it's also way wider. I don't know how I could get wider than jibble jabble, but here we are. Yeah, could have razzle dazzled. Razzle dazzle. Um, and the run defense. Basically, if you're having Logan Hall play in the run, in the run defense. He has to like have the advantage right away. Yeah, that's and I think that's any his build is one of the weaknesses. Which I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll have him put on weight. Maybe they'll. That's kind of what it was with um, Dante Smith, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, he was the O lineman, right? Yeah, but he, he like he didn't he didn't use his height correctly. Like yeah. Um, pro comparison: Eric Armstead. Uh, he is graded as a uh, late first to second round pick. Um, so that's Logan Hall. Uh, another guy I wanted to talk about was Mr. Tyler Linderbaum, who's a guy that a lot of people like. He's a good um, guard and center. Um, I think, I mean, you got to go BPA in round one, whether it's cornerback, yeah, defensive yeah. tackle. Best player available all, every day, every time. Every time. Because what happened was the Bengals were going to go Frank Ragnow in 2018, and it fucked him over. So like, and they're like, ah, fuck, we'll just go with Billy Price instead. And they whiffed. Positives of Tyler Linderbaum. Good initial quickness, contact balance, and body control to consistently <coughs> stay attached to blocks. Uh, elite grip strength, leg drive, and hip mobility uh, to clamp, explode, re-leverage, and maintain control in the run game. So basically, he's a good athlete for his size. He masterfully negotiates combo blocks with a keen understanding of how and when to fit, release, and overtake to prevent penetration, uh, create displacement, and pick off backers. And he applies consistent pressure on defenders uh, through the whistle that breaks down their balance and racks up knockdowns. So he's not necessarily a mauler, but he's a very like very good at protection. He's not going to like Lael Collins just like maul you over. He's just going to like. He's going to protect. I think my uh, the favorite note I saw on him was they said he knew the playbook well enough that if the quarterback had a question, they could ask him. <laughs> that rules. The, like, the center is like the catcher, essentially. Yeah. He's just like, he knows the field just as well as the quarterback does. Uh, he plays with good patience and a firm posture. 
and looks for work when uncovered with thump and power to collapse adjacent rushers. So basically his awareness is 99. Yeah, he's that's a good heads-up smart guy to do that job, which yep. to me that's as important as anything else you can have. Everything you want, especially <coughs> with an interior lineman. Yeah. Because like the tackles, they can be the maulers. They can do the fun work. The center is like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to be the security blanket. Yeah. The re- like, Just the underrated, undervalued security blanket that's going to be solid and is going to kick ass for years. Negatives can get a little overzealous at the second level and overrun his target to open up the back door. Giggity. He's overly reliant on two-hand strikes and protection that sh- protection that shrink his margin for error. Um, marginal weight and girth, also giggity, uh, <laughs> causes him to be tardy to anchor when bigger rushers knock down his hands. And is getting vul- he is vulnerable to getting knocked back off his levels with the guards and picked off when de- defensive tackles spike and slant inside. So again, he just he's just a guy that like he has to overpower or he's screwed. Yeah, and again, that's and he will the majority of the time. And you can also say like they'll they'll probably put more weight on him. They'll... Yeah, because he's only two hundred ninety six pounds. I can't believe I'm saying only. Yeah, only he's only three hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, uh, his NFL comp. Um, wow, this is very specific. Pro comparison: stronger Garrett Bradbury. And latest mock draft landing spot, Cincinnati Bengals number 31 pick. Nice. Yep. So those are the four guys that I really wanted to talk about. Um, so where where do they go? Round two, What what is your – like you want BPA. <clears throat> yeah, I want BPA every time. BPA every time. I In a perfect world, say – Assuming every player you pick is the BPA, rounds one through seven, where would you go? Assuming every player you pick is BPA. Oh, fuck. Um, I think either, you either have to start with a with a corner or a defensive lineman. I think those are the two like, I agree. hardest. And then, you know, obviously the second would be the other one of those that you don't get in the first. Yep. Um, I wouldn't mind them. Especially if they're – or uh, honestly, if the first round comes around and there's still like a really high-ranked linebacker there, like a good pass yeah. coverage linebacker, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Because my thing with linebacker is that Logan Wilson is an animal. Yeah. But he can't do everything. Well, also just like we have better run-stopping linebackers than we do pass coverage linebackers right now. Yeah. Throwing a couple extra guys in that mix would be good. Especially considering the division, it's like – it's pretty good with tight ends, like because you, you got Andrews, you got um, Njoku, who's who can be pretty good. Yeah, and got, I mean, not only that, but also just you know, if you're if good pass rushers are usually going to be the ones that are heads up enough to catch like Lamar on a run. Yep. Oh yeah, hundred percent, and not getting juked <laughs> out like nobody's business, like you juked out two guys at once. Vividly remember that play. Yeah. So that I mean, yeah, to me. Uh, this is where I always say I love having Duke Tobin. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's the, the guy that knows everything. Yeah, he, uh, but his drafts, you know, are con- we consistently get like I think the lowest grade I've seen us have in the past like eight, ten years is like a B minus. Yeah. What? Well, so I was to say, what makes me nervous about this draft is the fact that 
it's very unexciting. It's like there's not a lot of like you. I mean, there's obviously players you hype up constantly, but at the same time, there's not like <coughs> there's not the guy. There's like a few guys that are like really good, but there's not like man, this guy's like a can't miss. See, I'm I'm the opposite. I want less of those. Really? Yeah, I want. I don't want like oh, here's the clear top two guys, and everyone else probably will be all right. No, there's a bunch of guys in every spot except for quarterback it's a kind of a it is a crapshoot this year because my bold prediction is someone is going to overpay for Malik Willis like the Falcons I think are like eight and I think someone's going to jump him jump them to get him maybe yeah but I could see it I could see someone doing it just because he's the best option right now yes he's like the number one and no one wants to have to trade for Baker Mayfield (laughs) Uh well, I mean, especially since like he went on, on the pot on that one podcast and was just like, "Yeah, Cleveland was shitty to me," which I get it. It's Cleveland. He they, he might be right. Yeah, it's just, it's not what you want to hear. No, it's like you don't want to hear a guy be like, "Those guys are assholes." It's not a good selling point. It's like, all right, we're we're gonna put our entire franchise's hopes on the guy who was run out of town. Yeah. That's uh that's a rough spot to find yourself. Yes, I think Seattle might be in that point because they have they might have Drew Locke. They might have Drew Locke, they might have Malik Willis. They're gonna make a move. And I think they'll make a move for a starter. Whether for sure. whether it'll be Baker Mayfield, whether it'll be Jimmy Garoppolo, <clears throat> who I think is overrated. Um whether it's Malik Willis, whether it might be Kenny Pickett. Yeah, it's it's hard to say what you know they have to address something. Yes. I can't see him just being completely comfortable going with, like, Drew Locke's our guy. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Because <clears throat> Pete Carroll is not a coach who will ever settle, especially after having Russell Wilson for 10 years. Yeah. He's not going to settle for a guy like Drew Locke. He's a, I'm sure he's a fine guy. Not the best quarterback. Or, I mean, maybe they know something we don't. They've seen something out of him where he's not been used this way or that way, but I really fucking doubt it. Yep. That's where I'm. Fe- that's what I'm feeling. So, okay. So you say cornerback or, or like best defensive player available in round one? Yeah. I think there's not a lot of. I mean, there's every position on the, like every with the exception of safety. Every spot of the defense could use one more guy. Yeah. Defensive line could use one more guy. Linebackers could use one more guy. Defensive backs for sure could use one more guy. And I think the most likely position that there will be a guy available is cornerback. Yeah, like I said, either cornerback or like a good D lineman because they're, they're overlooked often. Well, I think what is being overlooked this year, <coughs> the Bengals got Osai in the third round of the draft. And apparently he impressed in camp last year but just got hurt. Right. So I think if you have him come back and be the tank that you expect him to be, you might – have and you say you draft Logan Hall round one, you might have a good problem on your shoulders. Yeah, I, I, again, I would rather run into the issue where we have too many than too little. Yeah, uh, sorry, it's been a long Easter. I still think that I want them to draft a lineman in round two, assuming he's BPA, yeah, for depth. I want depth on the line. So here's here's where I'm at on that. There's okay. a lot of good linemen in this draft. Yes. A lot. 
like a lot of second and third round prospects in this draft would be first round prospects in most drafts. Oh, I mean, there's just it literally is it's one of the deepest at offensive linemen that we've seen in a long time. And there's a lot of teams that still need offensive linemen. Yeah, so it's I think the best player available shifts when it's loaded that way. Yeah. So I think even if you waited till the second or third round to pick up those depth guys to even start thinking about depth guys, I think there's still going to be guys there good enough to fill that need for sure. I think the Bengals for sure. Have they re-signed Quentin Spain? I think so. Well, I'm going to say this running on the assumption that Quentin Spain is coming back. Right. You have your five starting linemen set. For 2022, Jonah Williams, Quentin Spain, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lael Collins. Right. Solid five. Absolutely. So I say <coughs> with that, I would not be opposed to going <coughs> defense in round one and two. Yeah, same. So I'm going to say cornerback. Okay, here's where, I, here's where I'm at. Cornerback round one linebacker round two assuming they're bpa yeah because i'm going to run on the assumption that joseph osai will be healthy in 2022 he's an extra guy that we didn't have last year that we didn't realize we had and we, we still need an interior defensive lineman he was that was he an edge rusher or was he an interior guy i think it was an edge guy yeah, he's more i think he was more edge but he's played both so they have reader they have shelvin i think Shelvin didn't do a whole lot last year, did he? Not really. But they I still think he was kind of overshadowed by Hill. Yeah, they still have BJ Hill. I think I wouldn't be opposed to Logan Hall because the Bengals met with Logan Hall. Yeah, so I, I mean, it, he seems like a good fit for the way they are, and yeah, I mean, for the division, it seems yeah, because like to be in the AFC North, you have to be very quick. And I'm not saying like fast forty times and shit. Cause no, I'm saying yeah. Heads up play all the time. Yeah. The 40 time is the most overrated thing in the combine. Yeah. Because just like, because the fact that John Ross ran a 4-2-2 means, I mean, like, yeah, you're fast, but you're a one-trick fucking pony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cool. Have fun returning kicks until you get obliterated. (laughs) Yeah. But, no, I I feel so sorry for John Ross. But I also, it it, it is what it is now. Yeah. It's... now it's like everything that has happened to the Bengals in the last 10 years, all the success, all the failure has led to where we are right the fuck now. Right. I also, what worries me is that the championship window for the Bengals is very narrow for any team right now. Yes. Like the chiefs window is closing because they just lost Terry Hill. And the AFC West, I saw someone say, or like a, someone said the Chargers could be better than the Chiefs this year. I mean, that's not only possible, but I think likely. Yeah, because they got Khalil Mack, they have Keenan Allen, they have Mike Williams, who's a very underrated receiver. Well, also just their team was like hitting their stride closer to the end of the season than they were. They're a good damn team. My t- I I said I think I've probably said this to you already, but that is such a good division for quarterbacks. I genuinely believe 
Russell Wilson is the worst quarterback in that division. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like, there are people like, Derek Carr sucks. He threw for 4,800 yards with Hunter Renfro as his number one receiver. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, they were like, oh, he's had this many turnovers and this many. Yep, playing with half the team that anyone else at that level is playing with. And he played with a depleted Darren Waller. who Actually, I'll take that back. A regressed Darren Waller. Yeah. He had Brian Edwards, who exists in the time-space continuum. Yep. That is a person that is alive. But now, Derek Carr has Devontae fucking Adams. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. So now, it is not entirely out of line for me to say that Russell Wilson is the worst quarterback in the division. Russell Wilson, I believe the most yards he's ever thrown for. Because Derek Carr threw for, he topped 4,800 last year. Russell Wilson has never topped over, I think his top number was 4,212. That's the most he's ever thrown. And he's been in the NFL 10 years. Yeah. He's been there. He's been around for a long time. And, yeah, he did good. Yeah. He's won a Super Bowl. Like, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Seven years ago. Eight years ago. So. Huh. It's. I think it's just like. Because Russell Wilson strikes me as a celebrity quarterback. A little bit. Like, he's married to Sierra. He's like. Someone said he has teacher's pet vibes. Yeah. I'm like. That's a perfect. That's a great. That's a great line. He's a teacher's fucking pet. Which, as a teacher, I don't entirely hate teacher's pet. I mean, obviously, I'm a fucking teacher. Stop teacher. Whatever. But sub teacher implies the existence of dom teachers. Yeah, I've heard that like a fucking yeah twice. But um, no, I I I think Russell Wilson is the most overrated quarterback in the league. I I think <clears throat> between yeah, him and uh, uh, Green Bay, uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to be real interesting this year. He not only does he not I feel like he's not going to be very interesting at all. No, because he doesn't have Devontae Adams. <clears throat> he doesn't have Marquez Valdez Scantling anymore. He also doesn't have the fucking backing of half the team anymore. Yeah, and now he's got a fifty million dollar contract. The I'm Packers are idiots. The way he was, the way he was towards his team. If one of the linemen just kind of goes. I'm not, I mean, that's Aaron Donald. I can't block Aaron Donald, man. Like, uh, I know he murdered him in the backfield. What, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, like, you just kind of take a play off and let him get murdered. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback who I think he needs, he mentally, if everything isn't going perfectly, it's just over. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he can, he, does, he, he seems like he's too easily frustrated and thinks way too highly of himself. <laughs> Like when you see him come off and like he's yelling at people that clearly had nothing to do with. Yeah, because like Peyton Manning would yell at people, but like he yelled at the right people. Yeah, I mean, except for his wife ordering all his HGH for him, <laughs> maybe could have piped that one down a little bit. But yeah, no, it's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man, I'm gonna say this. This is my as a bold prediction. We might see a downfall. That's going to cost the Green Bay Packers $50 million. Yeah. I, I think it's not only possible, but I'm almost looking forward to it. I can't. Because, like, he's every, I joked, he's every Scientologist's favorite quarterback. <laughs> uh, he's going to be in a locker room with, like, crystals laying on his chest. Like, uh. You can't convince me he's not a Scientologist. <clears throat> I, uh, you can't convince me he's not an idiot. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, I mean... 
Well, I mean, you only hosted Jeopardy. Well, you have the answers in front of him. Yeah, yeah, hosting Jeopardy doesn't make you smart. Yeah, it just makes you a guy who's charismatic and has all the answers. Yeah, you have. It's not hard to sound smart when you know the questions and answers. So yeah. that's not. It. We're just rambling at this point. Yeah, well, I don't know. He seems like a smug hoe. But, dude, ugh, fucking. We talked about the 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 Greens Bay Packers. Yeah. Wait, did I say Greens by accident? You did. Is it just like a Freudian slip? No, I think you got athletic greens on a mine. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Aaron Rodgers will be a very athletic green this year. I don't either. I think he might be a vegetable, though. Oh, maybe by the end of the 2021, we will see. Because tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Lloyd! Adaptogens! To help you start your day right. The special the special blend of ingredients Fethel, I'm special. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than Lloyd, three dollars a day. Three dollars. Three dollar. Man, I got that. I don't know. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Dude, do you think green's a color? I don't believe in colors. <laughs> do, you not, do you not see colors? No. But Lloyd, did we just... Oh, fuck. Did, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to just throw it off like that. I couldn't. I couldn't. But did we just broadcast that color? Yeah. What would you call it if we broadcast a color? I, I mean, just for alliteration purpose, color cast. Dude, I'm here for it. You know, so, so I riffed a read earlier. Yeah. Why not just do it again? Do it again. Uh, and you know what? Is I mean, it again, again. Uh, is it riffing if you do the same thing sure. as you did last time? Yeah. Lloyd, do you mind if I riff this read? Riff it, baby. Yeah. Colorcast is a live audio only sports. So what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Colorcast is a live audio only sports talk platform that's free to download and use. <laughs> You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to news that is breaking. You can even share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the sports drink group. Follow us at FUWLT Bengals to be notified when the room goes live. We'll be going live on ColorCast at some time, at some place. Come through. With your spiciest, spiciest takes. takes. We have given some spicy takes today. So spicy. So, so damn spicy. Like I said, Russell Wilson's the worst quarterback in the AFC West. But you're so white that, I mean, mayonnaise is spicy, so. <laughs> 
My favorite hot wing flavor is creamy peanut butter. <laughs> it's not my line. I'm not going to give myself credit for that. That is not my line, but I think it's a brilliant <clears throat> line. That's great. Um, it was a line about Matt Ryan. <laughs> Someone said his favorite um, his favorite streaming service is C-SPAN Plus. <laughs> and um, uh, if Matt Ryan was a drag queen... If Matt Ryan was a drag queen, his drag name would be Matt Ryan. <laughs> I like that one. Oh boy, um, I kicked the microphone by accident. Don't do that. But dude, we talked a lot of football today. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's where the Bengals are at. Uh, maybe a couple defensive backs in round one that are possible. The Logan Hall from Houston, Tyler Linderbaum. Those are all possibilities that I am prepared for. Yep. What I was not prepared for. Good segue, Shubes. Was the passing of Gilbert Gottfried. <sighs> Fucking bummer, man. Dude, he's so I was talking we were talking before the podcast about this. Gilbert Gottfried was a guy who did everything. Yeah. He was like he was Fucking all, Iago. He was, yeah. He was Yeah. He was in Aladdin, bro. Yeah. He was in Aladdin. Do you know do you, I mean he, he looks like he needed a few more adaptogens, but <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Solid. But he was also like he was everywhere in Hollywood. He was on Hollywood Squares, which you said like you haven't seen that show since you were like six. He did this one thing, so it's like basically like trivia tic tac toe. Where he where Tom Bergeron would ask Gilbert Gottfried a trip or like a a tic tac toe board of celebrities, like your Whoopi Goldbergs and your Penn and Penn and Tellers and and Jason Alexander. Just like celebrities in the nineties. Yeah. And he would ask them a question, and then the the people on the the contestants would say, "I agree with that answer," or "I disagree with that answer." There was one thing that Gilbert did, where like five times in a row, he was the last square available, and he was like, he just got bored and was fucking with them. And every any time, uh, the guy would answer like, "I agree" or "I disagree," he got they got the contestants got it wrong like five times in a row. And this is a legendary clip. Every time, every time he got it wrong, he would say, "You fool!" <laughs> Just multiple times in a row. He was, he was one. Of those, he, he he made enough money early on where he just didn't have to care. Yeah, like he got his Aladdin money. He got some SNL money. Yeah, he just he and he didn't ever. He never went back to it. He never tried to be anything other than who and what he was. Exactly. And he did it so well. Did you see his last tweet? No. Oh, was it the Chris Rock thing? Yes. Oh, what did it say exactly? It says uh, something like, which is worse, Chris Rock getting hit for telling a joke or having to hear Chris Rock tell a joke? (laughs) And that's his friend. (laughs) (laughs) And you only roast the ones you love. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he he was always one of those dudes who would go for it in that way where he became just the guy who did it. Like, you don't get bothered yeah. when you hear Anthony Jeselnik make a joke about a tragedy the day it happens, because he's the guy that does that. Yes, and that's what he's known for, and he's <clears throat> phenomenal. Yeah. He's Gilbert, the best at it. Yeah, and Gilbert was one of those guys with just going for it. No one was like, oh, can you believe he said, yeah, you can't. He, he yeah. always said crazy shit. He said the most, defen- like, he... But funny. He like, was so funny. Yeah, it wasn't just, like, cringy, edgelord bullshit. It was a good joke, but also... It's like one the fact, that's hard to tell. I think the fact that he had the voice that he did, the voice was a character. Ish. 
Yeah, but like when you watch him on SNL, it's like he wasn't doing like I was in no like I'm on Saturday night. Like it was just his normal voice. But um because I was telling Lloyd before the podcast, like <laughs> I hadn't seen the aristocrats joke or heard the aristocrats joke that, that, until last week. It's so fun. It's the best. I, I, I I've watched that probably a dozen times. It's so fucking good. And then the, the agent's like, so is that all you got? <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> the aristocrats. Yeah. But he told like that nine 11 joke, like 18 days after it happened. Yeah. He, and he lost the crowd. Also, they're like, oh, you're fired from Aflac. And he went, oh, no. That was his response. <laughs> oh, no. And, no, he, he was fired from Aflac for, like, making a tsunami oh, joke. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, the he was, Yeah, he made a tsunami joke. And then, like, Aflac apparently hired a Gilbert Gottfried impersonator to replace him. And he's just like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah, whatever. And they paid him less. So, it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. He's another one of those ones that just he was a unique dude that fucking did a, a did a lot for comics and comedy and and he loved comedy. I again some of the shit like him going on the roast of Bob Saget and telling a joke that you know just was right in the pocket for his humor and Bob Saget's humor. Yep, like the whole way he did it was just beautiful in that moment. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I, bummed out by that one a lot. He's one of those guys that can teach you, like, um, your onstage persona doesn't have to be the same as your uh, as your offstage persona. Right. And there were people that were saying, af- after he died, they were saying, fuck Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Which, if Gilbert Gottfried had seen that, he'd be the exact person to look at that person, laugh, and say, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Along with a host of other offensive shit. Yeah. I... I... I don't know. It, it, it sucks that people can't appreciate certain people for what they are, and uh, yeah, he's and definitely it, he's definitely one of those people that someone might be like, "Oh, it's acquired taste." No, I, he's one of those people. That if you're like that dude, fucking sucks. I it, it it makes me question. It makes me question like what who you do like. It's like I like the gnat. I'm like, all right, fine, go be unfunny somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, I think uh, that new Jeff Dunham special. I know it was a little racist, but I really liked it. <laughs> I think it was a little racist, and there were some bad things about <laughs> it too. <laughs> yeah, Gilbert, man, that's rough. Did you ever see the Fifty Shades of Grey thing he did? He like oh, narrated Fifty Shades of Grey for college. Oh humor. yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Oh, so fucking good. He robbed my vagina. <laughs> God damn. Ah, that dude was fucking great. He was the best. So rest in peace, Gilbert Gottfried. He was just he was just everywhere in Hollywood. And he just he was never expected. No, no, no one ever expected to see him. But when you did, it was always a pleasant surprise. Yeah, was, he he just he made he made shit more fun. Yeah, he's the one guy that showed <clears throat> up, and everything was just instantly turned up a notch. Like the Donald Trump roast, for example. <laughs> When Marley Matlin showed up at the roast, and she's just like, I, I can't do this anymore. And then Gilbert fucking Gottfried shows up yeah. and nails it. Yeah. He's the fucking funniest. He was the best. So rest in peace, Gilbert Gottfried. And like that picture of like Jeff Ross with Norm MacDonald, Gilbert Gottfried, and Bob Saget. It's like all those guys died within like four or five months of each other. It's insane. All of them. Yeah. 
Except for Jeff Ross. No, he's dead. To you? (laughs) No. No, Jeff Ross is just... just... You never know until the next roast comes out whether or not Jeff Ross is still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, rest in peace to Gilbert Gottfried, the fucking best. Yes. So let's move on from depressing stuff. Uh, We do have, uh, like we said, we are on the Sports Drink Network. Today's episode of Fuck You Like the Bengals is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports like we do with sports and comedy. (coughs) They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. So go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you we're trying to not let the funk out. <laughs> I don't write these. I know. But Lloyd, we, it was a, this was a fun soda. Nice fun. Yeah. yeah. It was a little rambly at times, but we uh, we got through it, and we're hoping to have some guests on to like release an episode right before the draft yeah. to be like, all right, here's what we got going on. Uh, <laughs> I was also thinking, um, did I tell you about my appearance on the news? Um, I mean, I know about it. I don't know if you... So I've yet to talk. I don't think I've talked about this yet. So I was on the news. If you if I've heard it already, if I've talked about it already, my bad. So I got to do the five one three thing um, on the news and shout out to Meredith Stutz, Meredith Stutz for being awesome and yeah, just she came and met you and all that. Yeah, she came yeah, and we met did me. talk about this a little bit. Yeah, and she came and met me at Sycamore. I got to talk to Hayden, her mom, and she's like, I'd love to come on or like come to love to meet you and just <coughs> essentially shoot the shit. She saw those giant hands and was like, <laughs> <laughs> and she wants to get a jersey with Mama Hurst on the back, and I'm just like, that's dope. That's the best. And Hayden's Hayden's the shit. His mom is super nice. Um, and I was just like, um, I also have a Bengals podcast, so um, come on and we'll talk to you for a little bit. But I can't imagine pitching this podcast to her. So it's like, oh, what's your cute little podcast? It's called Fuck You, We Like the Bangles. I don't know. Judging by him, I'm going to guess she'll probably be like, cool. <laughs> that rules. He seems pretty He seems pretty uh, like down to earth and, and heads up. Yeah. Hayden seems super down to earth, and his mom was just a normal mom who was yeah. just proud of her son. So shout out to Kathy Hurst for being the best. Um, And we hope to have her or maybe even Hayden on. That'd be dope. So to round it out. Plugs. Lloyd, what do you got? Uh, check out the Bastard Sermon. As always. Uh, which, uh, you know, the normal normal episodes come out. And then uh, the Patreons. The Patreons come out the following day. and uh, So it's a Saturday, Sunday, whatever. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, some, I, I know that everyone goes, oh, our Patreon content. Like, do that because they want the money. It's honestly the best shit we do. The Patreon recording I did of the Bastard Sermon with me, Lily, and Cody might be one of my favorite podcast recordings I've ever done. And then also with the with the Patreon, you get the Bastard LLC, which is a movie review podcast we do. Ooh. So we'll watch a movie and then just talk about it afterwards. What was the most recent movie you did? Um, we just did Black Dynamite oh, with nice. Anthony Tank Mansfield. Dude. Oh, Neil to no one guy. Yeah. I like that guy. And uh damn, I forgot how fucking funny that movie is. Nice. It's it's so goddamn funny. Nice. But uh yeah, and then you know, we have a, a hand we have we put up a lot of Patreon content. 
like dude, a lot. the so. Patreon content is like. I said some shit on the Patreon that I'm like, wow, I can't believe that came out of my mouth. Yeah, we uh, we tend to get we tend to get that out of people somehow. <laughs> uh, so how much is the Patreon, Lloyd? Five bucks. Five bucks a month. Yeah. I mean, I do this. I subscribe to the Stand By Your Band one for five bucks a month. Yeah. I I might just do the Bastards Every yeah, one. I got a whole bunch of them. Because I got a I got a free T-shirt. I'm gonna pay you twenty bucks for it. Okay. Um, but thank you for the T-shirt. I no appreciate problem. it. I wear it loud and proud. Yeah, Not we have stuff. brand new. We have brand new T-shirts out. Dude, if anyone wants one, hit me up. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Listen to the Bass German. Blake Hammond was recently on. He's and crushed the it. best. It was so much fun. And he apparently, apparently, all you guys just ganged up on Cody. Well, yeah, Cody kind of like brought it upon himself. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. He took some big swings that missed, and uh, they came back to bite him in the ass pretty hard. Here's one thing about Blake that blows my mind: he takes big swings all the time. And never misses. That's because that kid knows funny. Yeah, there is like, I don't think there's anyone in Cincinnati who knows how a joke works more than Blake Hammond. I'd say Blake and Shalafu are the two for me that are like, you get Smiths. You get comedy. Just real like joke Smiths. They just know how to do it. Yeah, I'm. I think I know how to do it. I, I I miss like thirty percent of my big swings. Yeah, but I remember seeing you five six years ago where you were missing sixty five percent. Oh yeah, I miss a lot of big swings. <clears throat> so it's gotten better and better, which yeah. is what happens with everybody. So yep, and it happens yeah. with every, like you understand it more, and like I think it comes with like understanding life more. Well, I mean, also Chad Daniels called you funny, so you can Chad. Um, okay, so I wanted I I talked about this with Cy. I don't think Chad's ever seen me do stand up yeah, to sure, this yes. day. Really? Yeah. Uh, maybe a brouhaha. Yeah, for sure. I also think he was a guy that just like he has seen me around and I guess just I guess I hold my own. And what I, what I thought, I thought up until that episode, I was a nameless comedian to Chad Daniels. Well, I've heard him just openly be like, I, I don't know the guy's comedy, but I like him. Yeah. He said you were funny. That's, and Atel said that too, and I'm like, that's not something I take lightly. You shouldn't. That's those are some of the funniest human beings alive saying you're funny. That's a good thing. Yeah, and I will absolutely take that. I don't want to get big headed about it, but it's <laughs> like match your hands. Big, I'll get big handed any day of the week. <laughs> there you go. But like my buddy, rest in peace, Nolan Miller, good friend. Of, have had you ever met yeah. Nolan? Yeah, I met him a couple times. He like I would I was like going through like all my old messages of him like right after he died, and I was just like this dude did nothing but like <laughs> I was like man this guy really thinks I'm like great. Turns out he does that to everybody. Yeah, which that's just who dude. he is. He's the best. He was the best. So rest in peace, Nolan Miller, um, Chad, the best, Atal, the best. Like usual, I just I just get all lovey dovey about comedy. Yeah, let's uh let's bully Cy into doing the show, In, into doing fuck you. Yeah, he is very um very COVID conscious. I know. So we can I'm, take this shit to his garage and he can sit on the other side. And yeah, oh my god, absolutely. He can write some roast jokes about yeah. um oh Dallas Cowboys. Just that's your buddy. Stop uh, by, kick yeah. him a couple times. I will uh I will talk to him next time I uh. Tell him I'm as immuno compromised as he is, so I have to be just as careful. Him. Yep. Uh, I have. Um, 
A little bit, a little bit of shows coming up. I'm actually taking a little bit of time off from stand up, like not too much, but just like a little bit of time off. Because it's I'm always like, good to have a breather. Like I want to get my shit together because I've been yeah. like doing a lot of dumb shit recently. So I'm just like, I want to take a step back and be like not as big headed as I have been in in times past. Granted, I say that right after Chad Daniels and it was funny, but Chad's also a sweetheart, so he thinks a lot of people are funny. But Chad also strikes me as a comic where he's like, if he doesn't think someone's funny, he will like. I don't think he'll be like, oh, that person's a piece of shit. He'll just be like, I don't know their stuff or whatever. Like, like I said, I've heard him say that a, multiple times when they bring people up. And he's like, I, I don't really know his comedy. And I've also heard that Chad loves when, when he knows someone's funny, he loves watching them bomb. Mm-hmm. Dude, and I've I've had a, I've been telling a new bit recently where I, I've been telling people that I love bad comedy, just like not just like unfunny comedy, like comedy that's so bad it's captivating. Yeah, I can't fucking get enough. I, one of the things I like about open mics, I'll see somebody like. <clears throat> one of the things I like, I, I like seeing somebody like polish a joke and figure out how to do it better and better, and like watching that's fascinating. And then there's just people that go up like. Oh, someone at work told me I was funny, and they go up and it's just so hack straight just, jokes. Just, just so messes on every point of what stand up is. Yeah, that you can't turn your you can't turn away. <laughs> it's the best. There was a dude at Chameleon not too long ago that I I was getting up to go outside and smoke, and I heard the first joke and I went, "Nope," and I turned right the fuck back around. <laughs> it was just like that no sense of how to how to do it and it was so confidently and arrogantly presented that i'm like who told you this was good like he's like my mom laughs every time bro like that was the energy of that's the best i i that's my comedy guilty pleasure mine too i love it (laughs) um so, like I said, I'm, I'm taking some time off from stand-up. A little bit, not too much. Um, May, I have some shows coming up. Um, May <laughs> 11th, I'll be at the Funniest Person in Cincinnati contest to Go Bananas. May 15th, I'll be at Wiley's. May 20th or 21st, I forget when it is. But be on the lookout. I'll be at Helltown at the Comet North Side. Right up the street. Uh, and some later dates in the summer. <coughs> June 30th. I will be at Sisyphus Brewing in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Nice. And then that Friday and Saturday, I am doing a triple feature weekend at the Comedy Corner Underground in Minneapolis. Shout out to uh, these people for helping me just get my name in the door and just That's I'm gonna awesome. be doing like a triple feature, 15 minutes each night. And <clears throat> That's awesome. It's gonna fucking rule. I cannot wait. I'm thinking about driving to Minneapolis. Because it's like it's a ten hour drive, but like Chicago's like halfway and the the Cincinnati ball with the stick team is gonna be there. So um should I stop saying that? Uh, you do you. The Reds are gonna be in town that week and I I'm, I'll go to Wrigley and watch a game and watch them suck like they have. But Lloyd's just like, I don't care. Yeah. Don't. Uh and then I'll go to Minneapolis, I'll catch a twins game, and then I'll go do some sets and then drive back. It'll be the fucking best. Also, I have my baseball season coming up, and I'm very, very excited about that. That's my thing. Do you need a catcher's mat when you're playing? <laughs> no, I just use these. Okay. Um, and I'll Your be. Hand looks like a fucking bundle of bananas. Sure does. 
<laughs> what I call fingering, most people call fisting. <laughs> Subscribe to the Patreon on the Bastard Sermon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I'm going to be taking a trip to New York pretty soon. Yeah. In July. Um, I'm trying to get shows out there. Getting <clears throat> Trying to get shows out there. And I've been rambling for the past 15 minutes. Trying to get shows in New York City is exhausting. Yeah, there's it's a lot of people. Because I've been DMing, like, because, like, the way to contact shows, I'm guessing, is, like, show Instagrams. I'm getting nothing so far. Because the shows out in New York is, like, the people they book are either, like, just good New York comics or people with 50,000 Instagram followers. Yeah. I've got 1,400. I'm fucked. It's a, it's a rough... Yeah, like I'm going to talk to um friend of life and comedy, Emil Joaquin, who just did Fallon. Nice. Um, I was going to hit him up um, pretty soon, but it was like, he just he literally just did Fallon like a week and a half ago. I know. So like, I'm going to let that shit calm down, and I'm just going to be like, I'm just going to be like, where's the best place to go? So that's what I'm going to do. The only show I have confirmed in Remind New York. Remind me, and I'll, uh, I'll ask Rojo if he knows any spots. Uh, well, Rojo also does like the best spots. Well, I'm saying like, but he knows the scene as well. Yeah, um, that'd be great. Actually, you know, have you ever heard the bit he does about me? I think so. Uh, tell it real quick. <clears throat> well, it's uh, I almost rather play it. I don't want to fuck his bit up because it's so his personality. Yeah, but it's called Zoo Hookup, <laughs> and it's a joke about me. No shit. Yeah. If you get a chance, just Google Zoo Hookup. And then Rojo's Bits on there? Yeah. That fucking rules. It's uh, it's pretty fucking funny. That fucking rules, dude. He's like, yo, stranger I met over whiskey shots, I'll trust you with my life. <laughs> uh, and the only show I have confirmed in New York so far is July 11th. It's a Sunday, I believe. I'm going to be at Beauty Bar, which is a, a show hosted by a guy who's going to be in town this weekend. Tim McLaughlin. Fucking funny dude. I love that dude. dude. Him at Bruhaha, the one the one year was on stage, off stage, everywhere, just fun. Just <laughs> the man. Yeah. There, I mean, I, it was like him and I think Tom Dustin were like Oh my god, like those back two and together. Forth. So good. I think it was just like back and forth with them, like with <laughs> everyone else just kind of circling, watching it happen. It was it was Tim fantastic. And Tom. Tom's one of the funniest people in the world. I was I did a show with Tim in New York at a place called Rar Bar, and there was a dude that like walked in the door of Rar Bar, and like Tim kind of fucked with him for a second, and he just let out a laugh. The way I can describe the laugh, it's a laugh you only exert while watching Tim McLaughlin. Yeah, it's it's a guy who got fucked, but he was just like, <laughs> he just like I know I just lost. Like, like that's a laugh. Where you got fucked with by Tim McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the funniest. Super funny. But he's at Go Bananas this <clears throat> weekend. So go check him out. Um, I'm going to try to book some more shows in New York. But we've been rambling at this point. We've been bullshitting and talking for a little bit. That's what they signed up for. Um, who are we going to say? Uh, fu- Ow, bit my tongue. Who are we going to say fuck you to this month? Dan Snyder. Let's do it, dude. Lloyd. Alex. I think we have one thing left to say. Fuck Fuck you, Dan Snyder. We like the Bengals. Wow, man. Fuck you. We like the Bengals.